And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and welcome to the We Are Mead podcast. It's Mickey Brennan and Davey Rispin here as always. And we're in jovial humour here this evening um, doing the podcast. I, I did get our names right this week. Davey, we haven't even had a drink and probably we deserve to have a drink after the performance in Crow Park today. Okay, the first 35 minutes were a little bit worrying, but by God, just just like buses, Mead have been hoping for goals all year and just like that, when you're waiting for a bus, two of them arrive and uh, two weeks in a row, Mead are banging in the goals. Well, just to go back to your first point, Mickey, I don't think we deserve <laughs> any drink after our performance last weekend. <laughs> Leave that one there. But no, look, it absolutely, it was, uh, it was a fantastic day at Grow Park and uh, one, I suppose, that didn't look likely after 35 minutes of pretty abject and, and probably poor and uncharacteristic stuff from Mead and football that we probably haven't become accustomed to but it was a really slack and um, I suppose underwhelming first half of football Mickey but in fairness to the lads whenever they're questioned they always or they more often than not come back out with the right answers and a response and that's exactly what they did they blasted in three goals in 10 second half minutes to put us back firmly in the ascendancy and after that despite Kildare tagging on a couple of points to get them back to parity we really kicked for home and we got those a uh, couple of extra goals in the last 15 minutes and it was a comfortable enough last five or six minutes, which, you know, uh, looking back into the first half, you wouldn't have believed that if, if someone told you that. But uh, no, very, very good um, second half performance overall. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And, and we'll be coming back to the mid game in just a few minutes, but uh, it is the highlight of the day, I suppose, uh, when it comes to mid GA. We did have victories as well for the Camogues, which we'll be coming to in a few minutes too. Uh, the mid hurlers will be out next weekend and the weekend after. We'll give you some fixtures there. And the mid ladies will be out in their All Ireland Intermediate semi final. They're going to be taking on Clare, and we'll give you that fixture in a few minutes. We'll also be going to the managerial merry go round. And uh, we'll just give you an update on the club lottos around the county as well. This week, we've got that much interaction from Instagram. We're going to put it on to our Patreon service this week. It is going to be the Talking Points from the Weekend um, podcast on our Loyal Royals podcast. So uh, do check that out. Davey, um, before we get back to the Mead footballers, we're going to go through a few um, of the... Other uh, aspects of, of me GA that may, may, may be important to other people around the county and whatever. But the Mead Hurlers um, are out next weekend against West Mead. Um, it's in Park Tolchin on Sunday, at, or sorry, on Saturday at uh, 1.30. And they'll be out two weeks in a row on home soil, which, which, you know, it's probably needed at this stage just to give them a boost of confidence after the last two games. Although the last game against Carlow 
was a one-point loss, it must have felt like a, a dagger through the heart having put in such a big effort. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think they'll take great heart from it. And uh, Nick Weir is a very passionate and proud Westmead man. And I know he'll be very much relishing the prospect of playing his native county next weekend. And I suppose going into the game, Westmead aren't exactly setting the world alight too. They're, they're two defeats from two. And uh, it's probably a decent opportunity for Mead on home soil to maybe get a result there. I suppose going back to your first half of the point, Mickey, it's probably a little bit of a pity that we didn't have the two home games first. First, and yeah. We could have maybe had a platform to go and go and play the away games and still be in the competition. But as it is, it, we're probably more or less out at this stage. But of course, there is no relegation. So these sort of games, I'm sure the management will be using for preparation towards next year's league and championship because I suppose it's it's unique in the sense that, you know, we're, we're probably nearly in December now. So it's going to be... Um, it's probably a short enough run into the league starting whenever that may be so I'm sure Nick and the lads will be looking to that and a win or two would be huge going into that Mickey it really would the performances have clearly improved we're starting to get to a level now where we can compete maybe something similar to what the footballers did in Division 1 this year without maybe getting the rewards for it Um, but on the back of that Carlo game last weekend there's no reason why we can't actually put a big performance in against Westmead on home soil and, and maybe get a win yeah, it's Westmead. It's Saturday in Park Dolgen at 1.30. And then the following Saturday, Antrim are visiting Navin. They're going to Park Dolgen as well on the Saturday at 1.30. That's the 28th of November. And we wish the Hurlers the very best of luck in their final two games in the Joe McDonough Cup. And moving on, Davy to the Mead Ladies, another uh, fixture here. Clare have finished um, top of Group 4 in the um, All-Ireland Intermediate. And Mead will be playing Clare in on sorry on the twenty eighth or 29th of November. So a two week gap for the ladies after having a week gap um, as well because there was three in the group and they played their first two games the first two weeks. So they had this week off and they're getting another week off. Um, and you know a lovely little gap for them to do as much work and get as much rest before their semi final. Yeah, it's very unusual because the nature of the games these days, Mickey, they seem to be really well condensed into week in, week out, no matter what grade or what level teams are playing. So it is highly unusual. But Mead, as you say, Mickey, doing the work they had to do in the first couple of weeks against Down and Leitrim that have booked their semi-final spot and they have the luxury now of having a couple of weeks off. And I suppose there isn't too many dual players, but one dual player is Megan Thine. She's obviously... Um, playing camogie with Mead and football with Mead, and she's a key player in both of those teams. So I'm sure the respective managements, Eamon Murray and Brendan Skehan, will both be pleased that neither of them are clashing because I think for the first week or two they did. She was playing on a Saturday and then on a Sunday, and it was, you know, she, she was getting on with it because she's a, she's a real trooper. But it's not an easy thing to do, and the more games you play, I suppose, the, the higher the increase of injury is. So they'll be delighted that that's not going to clash at least for the next week or two. Um, but yeah, look, it is Claire. Um, and again, I, I wouldn't know a whole pile about Claire to be brutally honest with you, Mickey, but me, they're in quite good form. The win over down was the big one. Leitrim, as you expected, was a bit of a landslide. Um, they won't take Claire lightly in any shape or form, but you'd imagine it's a really good opportunity to get back into the final with a with a view to trying to win the Intermediate Championship. Yeah, it's definitely not going to be an easy one. Clare are a really tidy side um, and have been operating at the top end of Division 2 and uh, Intermediate level. For the last number of years, I think they came down from senior actually in the last four or five years as well. They may have won an intermediate 
and came back down. Um, so Clare will be a tough opposition, but we wish the girls the very best of luck. That's in two weeks' time on either the Saturday or the Sunday, and it's the 28th or 29th of November. Um, moving on now, Davy to the Commodes. And the Commodes were out in um, the All-Ireland Intermediate quarterfinal. That was on Sunday or today, depending on when you're listening. And uh, the game was taking place in Templeport in Cavan, in uh, West Cavan. We're taking on Derry. Mead winning on the scoreline of one thirteen to Derry's eight points. Double scores, 16 to eight. And uh, a really, really good um, uh, display by the girls. And, you know, probably needed it after their shock result uh, last week. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, yeah, I don't know about like shock results. I, I, probably it came as a little bit of a surprise, maybe. But um, I think overall, as, as I said to, to Jane, who we'll hear from a, in a couple of minutes, Mickey, and we probably speculated about this last week, it could have been the best thing or a blessing in disguise maybe to happen to me. Because I suppose had this struggle past Antrim last weekend, you'd have two weeks off and you're going into a semi-final against a team that are probably going to come into it with a, with a win on their back and coming through the quarter-final. And you're probably not exactly sure where you're at because you're coming off the back of an iffy performance. Whereas Mead are obviously beaten. They had to come out. It was last chance saloon today and they put in a massive um, performance and got a big, big win over another uh, Northern team in Derry. And, you know, looking at the game, Mickey, they didn't make it easy for themselves again. But what, what that tells me is the character... Um, the team spirit, everything you wanted, the fitness, it's all there because there were six, five points to two down, I think after 22 minutes. They rallied to get in six all at half time, which was probably a real result. And then I suppose the strength of fitness and, and strength and depth that they have in that panel really shone through as the half four on in the second. Um, I think they pulled away in the, in the last quarter to, to win by 113 to eight points, to only conceding two points in that second half. So really, really impressive display. Um, I mean, excellent contributions. Jane Dolan with five points, superb display from herself. But it, it, there was a lot more to it. You know, Aoife Minogue contributed three points. Leah Dennehy got three. Sinead Hackett got a goal. Amy Gaffney with a point. Aoife Maguire off the bench, another huge contribution with a point too. So really good spread there. And I suppose a, a comfortable victory in the end, but they were made to work for it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's it's it's... It's an interesting one. We said, like, you know, that maybe last week's result was the kick in the arse that they needed. And, you know, it, it does look like that. They went out today. They got that victory over Derry. And they will face down now in the semi-final, which is next Saturday. There hasn't been um, uh, a pitch or a time being made available for that just yet. And uh, in the other semi-final, it's going to be Antrim and Leash. So you'd imagine that Antrim would get over Leash in that game and need hopefully if they get over down, would have a chance to right that wrong against uh, Antrim in the final. Yeah, th- like if it goes to script, uh, Mickey, that would be an ideal scenario, I suppose. And uh, like, as I said to Jane, and we'll hear from her in a, in a couple of minutes, but there is a real Northern feel to it because I suppose they were beaten by Antrim last week. They played Derry this week and they're going to play down now um, next week. And I suppose they the infam- infamously met in the 2012 uh, junior All-Ireland final, Mickey, where I think Down were really hot favourites to win that game and, and Mead really overturned them in Crow Park. And um, there's there's still a number of players on both sets of teams still remaining from that. So there is probably a little bit of a healthy rivalry there. Um, I would suggest that maybe Down will probably still go into the game next week as favourites. I think that will probably suit Mead, 
um, I think they'll relish the, the tag of underdogs because, like, as you say, maybe they went up tantrum with the favourite tag on them and they maybe just didn't sit that comfortably with them, if that makes sense. And, and likewise in Kerry, whilst they got the win, the performance maybe wasn't what they would have liked. So um, on the back of a win, short turnaround, I mean, it's, it's going to be, what, six days, Mickey? Um, but they have a win. And I, I don't really mind the turnaround. We talk about this nearly every other week. But I just find when you're winning games... You've probably seen it with probably Cavan or maybe the best example to use in, in a footballing sense. Week in, week out, they're playing, they're winning games. Start. That M word, that momentum in, in sport is just massive. You know how big it is yourself. Um, and when you're winning, I, I think you're just mad to get out and, and go again the following week. Yeah, well, you've mentioned Jane Dolan a few times there and you caught up with Jane Dolan after the game. And we're going to go to the interview you got with Jane just now. So Jane, um, quarterfinal win today um, good performance overall uh, difficult start to the game I suppose you were I think three points down after 22 minutes but like probably what we've seen in recent times with the fitness that the team possesses and that he's got it back to level at half time kicked on and especially in the last 15 minutes like really pulled away and kind of did it well in the end yeah I think um, we it took us a while to settle into it and to be fair to Derry they were, they were a really good team they were a strong team Um Obviously, the conditions were the pitch was actually in, in really good condition, but it, it was wet. Um, it was drizzling throughout most of the game. But yeah, I think it just took us a while to, to settle in. We had a point to prove from from last week as well, um, so it was uh, it was good all round that we were able to, to kick on once the second half hit. But we, I think we knew what we had to do. It was just a case of doing it. Um, and I think in the it was pretty much the second half, started the second half, and then into the, the third quarter when we really kicked on a couple of subs came on and really really drove us on which was brilliant yeah absolutely I mean like obviously being three points down it, it would have been easy to maybe panic particularly after last week and the defeat and everything like that but you know probably there's a little bit of experience there yourself included but you know the girls never panicked just got back to level terms and just really kind of kicked on it then in that second half I suppose from a from one of the the more experienced players in the team that must be pleasing to see with with some of the young girls in particular yeah, no, to be fair, like all over the pitch, we have serious experience. And I think over the last couple of years, playing up senior two years ago and, and in Division 1 in the league as well, the, the majority of the girls that are there in the team now have that experience. So it really, it is starting to show. Um, I think the big thing for us today was we played as a team. I think individually we have a super, super team. Uh, most mm. of the girls will probably get their, their game on any senior team, but it's just getting us to click as, as a team. Um, and I think that really happened in the in the second half. It was the first time, really, since we've come back um, since the championship started, that we've we've really shown what we can do. Uh, but we still have, I think, after the game, we, we all know there's still a lot more in us, and we, we really want to be doing that for the full match, not just for a quarter or, or the second half. So um, it it was all positive, but I suppose we we know that there's a little bit more in us as well. Yeah, I mean, when you look down through the, the scores, I suppose, it, it really reflects that. Like you say, yourself with five points, Aoife Minogue chipped in with three, Leah Dennehy with three, Sinead Hackett got a goal, Amy Gaffney with a point, Aoife Maguire with a point. So I suppose with the tally of 113, you can see that like it's it's really well spread out and it's not you're kind of not just relying on one or two scores maybe to get you over the line. There's a, there's a variety there, really. Yeah, exactly. And there's, there's a couple of girls that weren't on the square sheet that probably could have been as well um, on another day as well. So we're, we, when we can get the ball into the, into the hands of the forwards, we can all score, which is the is the really, really good thing. We're not, as you say, we're not relying on, on one or two to, to do it all. 
Um, and then uh, I know you mentioned Lisa McGuire coming on the pitch and scoring a point. I think that made the difference as well. Uh, the fact that our, our subs are as strong mm. as the starting 15 as well. So it's, it's, it's brilliant to have that competition there and have the, the talent to be able to come on to, to push us on as well. So that, that's brilliant. Yeah, and a word for, I suppose, the defenders slash midfielders. Like you'd conceded six points at halftime and think it was six apiece at the break. And to only ship two points in the second half. I mean, that's a remarkable feat in itself and I suppose a, a massive improvement on last weekend. Yeah, I think um, well, the, the lads at halftime pulled us in and um, obviously gave us our, our team talk. But one big uh, focus for us this week was to not give away fouls. And I, I think the Derry team in the, in the first half out of their six points in four might have been frees. Mm. So I suppose the focus was to, to, to do our, our, our job and try not to give away frees and, and to, uh, to tackle as best we could in non-scorable positions and the backs were just excellent today and uh, they all stood up and, and in the second half really like I know I think Louise Dunhu put in two unbelievable blocks to stop uh, stop goals but like you could pick out any of the, the six backs they were all, all flying and had the better at their, their dairy player especially in the second half they, they really held up and didn't give away scorable freeze which is, which is the difference and at this level you just can't be giving away freeze the, the free takers on both sides are generally going to, to be able to pop them over so mm. um, that can be the winning or losing of a, of a game especially in the conditions that we're, that we're playing in so. And you mentioned the conditions I mean it's, it's very unique in the sense that I suppose we're playing in, in November time and it's it could well spill into December hopefully for your from your sake it, it will um, but I mean it, it's completely new and different and you're playing I don't know, I won't say what you're playing, but you're definitely playing well over a decade at this stage, Jane. You've never experienced this before. Like, I suppose, collectively, but definitely from a forwards perspective, I mean, it, it is extremely difficult. And I'm sure with the conditions and the pitches and that, and there's not much give and there wouldn't be much of a hop. It, it is difficult and it is tricky, I'm sure. Yeah, I suppose it just it slows it down slightly. Um, but I suppose it's like going back playing in college. It's, it's a real college, Ireland. Um, but no, to be fair, the pitch today was in, was in really good condition. It makes a massive difference if you're playing in, in a good uh, grounds. And today, the pitch was was probably the best out of the, the three pitches that we've played on um, for for any of our games this, so far. So, to be fair, that does make a massive difference. Yeah, it's hard. It's going to be harder work. It's, everybody loves to play in in the middle of summer when the sun's shining and it's hard ground and you can run and take on your player a lot easier. But um, but then again, that that brings back to actually being able to play as a team and you need everybody really fighting and, and working hard. So it's a different style of hurling. It's it's, it's a lot harder work. Uh, but to be fair, I think we, we pulled it out of the bag today and hopefully we can we can keep keep going and, and keep performing like that in the next next game. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think in, in a way or in, in, a, in a weird sort of way that the defeat um, last weekend against Antrim may have been a blessing in disguise, a little bit of a kick up the arse and... Um, I suppose the chance to go out maybe six or seven days later actually put in a performance get a result and probably stand you in, in maybe better stead going into a semi-final yeah um, to be fair like our first round against Kerry we, we won and we won well in the end but we, I know we all came off the pitch pretty deflated to be honest because we didn't perform um, and there was a lot of pressure probably more so than put on by girls on themselves to perform against, against Antrim and it just didn't click uh, for us, it just really wasn't our day. <laughs> nothing, nothing went right. Right for, I know for me personally, it wasn't wasn't one of my best days in, in a meat jersey. And I think we all took it on the chin after that. We had, we had a good session on uh, on the Tuesday night, where everybody got to to speak and really we all put it behind us and got got our heads right for this weekend. So 
potentially yeah it was a blessing in disguise that it, it, it made us all get our heads right for for this weekend and I think a big thing was like we're all relying on well not relying on but Camogie is such a big mm. part for, for everyone especially in these times when, when we're in lockdown like none of us want to be wanted to lose today none of us wanted to not be competing for a semi-final next weekend especially given that we're we're very lucky that we're still able to train and still able to see the girls and do that that, that side of things um that there was an added incentive to, to win today as well as, as getting to a semi-final. But um, no, definitely, I think that the game last weekend against Andrew wasn't one of our best days. Uh, we knew we, we, we didn't perform. But I think on an individual basis across the pitch, everybody knew what they didn't do right and what they could do right today to, to make it better. So I think we, we all did. There's still probably a few little bits of bobs that we didn't, um, we didn't fully... Uh, make rice if you like but we're definitely on the on the right road now yeah well Jane you absolutely showed showed your class today with five points I suppose after last weekend but looking forward now to the semi-finals I think we're fairly sure and certain that it is going to be down um probably on Saturday no time and venue um Yes, but but there's a real northern feel to this intermediate championship. I mean, now it it was obviously Derry today. It was Antrim last week. It's down next week, um, yeah. and I suppose they're all probably a similar style and ilk. Um, but you're well used to it at this stage. Love a good northern team. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. To be fair, I suppose we would have over the years. We would have always had good battles with, and actually, especially with Dane. Obviously, we beat them in in the All Ireland final in 2012 in the, in the junior. So we and a lot of their players are still playing, similar to us. So it's um. It's always a good battle against them, but hopefully we'll we'll come out on top. Um, I think we know with the experience there, uh, and we know what style of, of play that they play. So it's it's I suppose there is a bit of luck on the day, but hopefully we're we're an experienced enough team. And to be fair, we we have some serious class in the team as well. So it's just getting us to click. If we if we click, we can we can compete with any team. I think. And it'd be unbelievable to win another intermediate championship and play senior again. And I do think that yeah. the lockdown is due to lift the day of the final. I've just noticed that, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not sure if you're aware of that, Jane. It'd be amazing if, if it does. If we could, <laughs> yeah. and that, it'd be it would just be really nice to have have friends and family off the game yeah. from that from that point of view. But we won't get ahead of ourselves. We'll, we'll get down actually first, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll get to the final. But um, yeah. Well, Jane, well done today and uh, we wish you well for the semi-final and we look forward to following, hopefully, um, what will be a journey that takes us to the to the 5th of December. Thanks a million. Cheers. So that was Jane Dolan. Uh, scored five points in that game, in that victory over Derry. And uh, Davy, I suppose, uh, before we finish on the Camogues, uh, you know, you came down from senior um, and, you know, they've, they've, they've got a lot of wealth of experience behind them and nothing short of winning an intermediate championship this year would would sit right with them. No, I, I think they, they mightn't tell you that, but I think that's what they're firmly focused on. And, you know, uh, as I said previously, like they, they were relegated from senior, they probably would have had aspirations of maybe kicking on and staying and maybe stabilising themselves. And to me, like they're, they're probably in that... Uh, in that common ground where they're actually too good maybe for intermediate and maybe just at this stage, maybe just not good enough to maintain their status as senior. But that's ultimately where they want to get to and to, I suppose, establish themselves as a real uh, senior team. And I think this represents another good opportunity of doing so, Mickey, because they've they've tasted Division 1 of, of league, so they know what it's all about. Um, but but it, nothing's going to come easy. You've seen the Antrim result last week. I think Down are going to give them a savage test next week, but 
I just think I, I kind of like the, the 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 management seem to be doing a great job of what they have, Mickey. And the, you know they've built up a really strong panel, maybe a stronger panel than they had when they probably won the intermediate in twenty seventeen. I don't know if that's a bit harsh, but uh, I would say they were far probably more reliant on the starting fifteen in twenty seventeen, whereas now they have four or five girls who can come on and contribute in, in spades really every single week. And I think that's invaluable. You see it in all sorts, particularly this time of year too. You'd need more of a panel than you might have done maybe in the height of the summer if that adds up. Yeah, absolutely. And we wish Jane Dolan and the Mead Camogues the very best uh, next week on Saturday when they take on down in the All-Ireland Intermediate semi-final. Moving on now to the main event, Davy. Mead versus Kildare. It was a Leinster semi-final clash and it ended up 5-9 to 15 points, nine-point victory for Mead. But in the early stages of that game, it didn't look like that was going to happen, Davy. Now, bringing you back to something we were talking about there a couple of minutes ago, momentum and stuff like that. Over the last few weeks, we've spoken about, you know, how um, a, a, a team like Mead, Mead got tested. Mead didn't get tested in their quarterfinal against Wicklow. Will that have any effect on them? Because Kildare got tested in their quarterfinal. It did look maybe for large parts of that first half that, you know, Mead probably weren't up to the pace of it because they had such we won't say easy, but then such a great victory the week week before. Yeah, yeah, it, it did look a bit like that, Mickey. I think we probably just struggled to get to the pitch of the game. Um, took us a long time to get into it. I think it was 12 minutes before we got our first score. Um, and Kildare, despite, you know, racing into an early lead, probably were profligate in front of the post themselves and they kicked a number of bad wides that, that really could have seen them uh, establish a much bigger lead than they actually had and uh, we were probably just about doing enough to stay in touch with them in the early parts but they did get that burst on us in the second quarter and they really really got a run on us to create a couple of goal chances which in, on another day they would have taken um, and Mead really struggled to live with the intensity they were bringing all over the pitch whilst also probably struggling to get our own game going we, we, we looked pedestrian at times we weren't moving the ball quick enough and we were slack, we were sluggish, our tackling was off. There was, there was a variety of things that added up to it. But what it all meant really was that we went in at the break six points down. And to be honest with you, it could have been more uh, because uh, we, were pro- we were probably the few opportunities we did get, we actually took in front of the post. Our shooting was decent um, and Kildare's was a little bit off. But you would have worried for me at half time. But I'm sure Andy uh, had a few choice words to say to the lads at half time, and, and they came out and they were a different team right from the word go. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, when you look down through it, there was a couple of changes to the start in 15 again this week. It's something that we just, we're just never going to be able to pick uh, the start in 15 for Andy McEntee, Davey, are we? Oh, well, we're after two weeks in a row now, Mickey, no changes. So, uh, in, in fairness to him, he's uh, he's sticking by his guns as what he, what he told us last week in Ockram. But, uh yeah, it, very much the same team. I think the only change to the panel was that Eamon Wallace came in uh, for Gavin McCoy on the bench. So that was the only change to the 26, really, from the Wicklow game. And uh, w- uh, Kildare, rather, made three changes to their starting team. Probably as expected, Fergal Conway came into the side. He started, um, as did Mick O'Grady. He came into the full back line. And uh, the last one was Owen Doyle came in in the middle of the field for Aaron Masterson. So they were three changes for Kildare. But... Um, you know, overall, it was a very settled mead team. But again, we got a huge contribution from our substitutes, Mickey. 2-2 from the bench. Um, Carl Hickey with a point. Joey Wallace got a goal. 
Um, just trying to find my notes really quickly. Um, panicking. Jason Scully got a, a terrific goal as well. Um, and the final one was James Conlon coming on and kicking a point. So 2-2 from our substitutes again, making absolutely huge contribution. This has been a trend since the Dublin game in the league. Dublin, Monaghan, Wicklow and now Kildare. So it's, it's absolutely fantastic to see. And it just shows that we have... We have 26 and more. You know, we really do. You're going to hear from Andy McEntee in our Loyal Royals podcast. He he wanted to speak highly of the 10 lads that can't even go to the game. It's it's shocking, really, to think that the 10 lads who are probably pushing the thing on week in, week out, have to sit at home and watch it. You know, they're not even allowed to go and sit in the stadium. It does strike me as a little bit harsh in an 83,000-seater stadium, but um, that was just Andy's bone of contention. But you have to say, it's a really competitive panel and it's a, it's a hungry one. They're really, and they're goal hungry as well. 12 goals in two games, Mickey. I believe we have more goals in two games than Manchester United have all season. <laughs> uh, Davy gets a little dig in there. And that's actually minute. a fact. That's not, a, that's not yeah. me speculating. That's 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 a that, that that's a nice little um a little, little nugget of information. But uh, look, a fantastic victory, trailing by ten points to four at half time, and then as you said, outscoring uh, Kildare five five to five points in the second half. Brilliant, brilliant performance by Mead. Um, we as Davy said already, head on over to our Loyal Royals podcast for our full review of the Mead versus Kildare game. Um, with uh, interviews from the camp there as well. We also will be doing on our Loyal Royals podcast this week, we'll be continuing with the regional championship uh, teams. And this week it is, of course, the Loyal, uh, sorry, the D-Royals. I was going to say the Loyal Royals, but it's the D-Royals. Not a bad name. Oh, no, it's not a bad name at all. Um, And D-Royals consist of, D-Royals consist of uh, Sidon, Kenny and Castleton. So that's an interesting team there. Similar to Lock Crew last week. If we can just get all these lads on one field and not debate the heads of one another, um, you know, we'll be doing well. I think it's a common theme across all the regional teams. God help <laughs> whoever the managers are that are going in to manage these lads. But uh, yeah, this team, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it. Like it's the smallest team in terms of clubs. So there's only three teams in it. We do have a little bit of a feeling that someone will join them next year with Nobber coming down. Now, whether that's Nobber directly or somebody comes from the, the other North Mead region into them, but they may well have a four team. But this was one of the hardest, if not the hardest to pick. And what I mean by that is the amount of guys that were left out, despite it just being a three team thing, really, really quality players in this region. And maybe it, it probably tells us why they were the region with only three teams picked it. <laughs> Absolutely, because yeah, if you add in another team, you've, you've more players that you'll have to leave yeah. out that are quality. But a uh, great uh, tweet from Susan Farrell last week about Oldcastle Moyla, Ballon Lockins and Bridges, the lock crew team. Um, she was saying that, you know, it, she, she'd just be delighted to see all those players on the field um, and not be in the head of each other for once. And that if they could get them to play together, it'd be some team, the lock crew team. Same with D Royals, that'll be some team as well. And we also have our Loyal Royals talking points from the weekend from Instagram uh, too. Davy, um, the managerial merry go round. Um, and I got it in one go this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really struggled with that one last week. Now, actually, what's the only thing you struggled with last week? Yeah, I struggled with talking, so I did last week, and uh, and even trying to, you know, when you're, you know, when you're drunk and you're talking to somebody who's sober, and you're trying to be sober, and you're trying to be um, clever and have a clever conversation, you know, an intellectual conversation, 
um, when you're drunk. That's the way it felt last week. We were trying to talk about serious things, but um, yeah. Uh, you, you were the drunken uncle at the wedding, Mickey, last yes, week. That was you. that's right. That was me. That was exactly what I was, yeah. I love them all. Now, I just hope, I just hope that they stay together. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, yeah. It was, uh, look, I really enjoyed last week. But yeah, the managerial merry-go-round, Davey. Um, we have a few more little bits, nuggets of information for our listeners this week. We do. There, there is probably a little bit more happening, but clubs, maybe understandably are keeping their cards close to their chest, but two that we definitely know about. Um, the first one is our neighbours down the road in St. Ultons. They have appointed David Hosey, uh, the Navin man. Uh, David has managed in recent years over in Bechtov and indeed in Centralstown. And mm-hmm. uh, I believe he was interested in the Dundry job, but he spoke to the Ultons and he's come back to them and uh, they've now appointed him. So uh, he's going to go in with Ultons next year. The other one that. We actually, I, I want to take a little bit of credit for this one, Mickey, because I, I think I called this one about two or three months ago indirectly yeah. because I thought that this is the move that would suit all parties bar poor old St. Vincent's in Dahi White and Ronan Kearns moving back to their to their own club in St. Pat's. Um, and that's exactly what's come to pass. I suppose the guys did an incredible job with St. Vincent's Arcade over the last four or five years, getting them to two junior finals and um, beating on both occasions by Dumboyne and, and obviously Beliver this year. Um, but they've decided they've probably taken St. Vincent's as far as they can. And there's a job to be done in St. Pat's. They have the facilities, they have structures, they have everything, but they just need the right two men to go in and turn them into probably winners again. And they haven't been winners for a long time. It was probably a real eye-opener for St. Pat's, seeing them going down into intermediate this year and struggling in the nature they did. But these guys are definitely going to go in and they're going to change the culture. They're going to change the... They're going to change the whole dynamic of the club, Mickey. I, I have that much belief in the job these lads can do. Um, so I think that's a really good move for them, good move for Pats, bad for St. Vincent's. They're obviously on the lookout for a new manager. But I'm sure somebody will look at that and think it's a really attractive proposition, which it, which it no doubt is. Yeah, um, some really good appointments there in both clubs. Um, uh when you think of the two lads going back to their home club, you did call this like three or four months ago. Um, uh, when I think was it was it when St. Vincent's lost the championship, or was it when St. Pat's went out? Um, I don't think you would have mentioned it before uh, the the junior final. Um, or did I, I might I, I might have done, uh, but I might have meant that and buy it. But I just thought that I I kind of was. I remember distinctly saying St. Pat's should go balls out to get the two lads back in, do whatever it takes to get them back. And that's obviously what they've done. And I think that's a really good and shrewd appointment on their behalf. Yeah. And then, of course, St. Dalton's with their appointment. Yeah. Uh, like David Hosey's a man of experience. He's managed in senior and intermediate in recent years. And um, I think with St. Dalton's, they've probably decided that they, they maybe want to go outside the club now for a change. I think Skinner did a decent job, but... Maybe they just need something else and something from outside the club. And uh, I mean, they're a team that there's no reason why they shouldn't be challenging at the latter stage of a junior. And whilst they've been in a semi final this year and the junior, or sorry, a quarter final last year, they were beaten by an aggregate of over 30 points in both the games. So that tells you that they're still a good bit away from actually challenging for a championship, despite them making the knockout stages for the last couple of years. Do I have to play devil's advocate here and ask? Did you get to a semi-final or quarter-final? Do I have to do that on behalf of, of St. Dalton's? <laughs> no, no, there's no need. Uh, that, <laughs> we're not talking about court in here. We're talking about St. Dalton's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So I just have to give both sides of the story, um, you know, to to uh, to be fair. They, they did approach me for the job. No, they didn't. They didn't. No, 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 no. But look, Davy Hosey is a good appointment for them. And, um, you know, he's he's local here in Navin, played with Navin and Matanese for many a year, a fabulous footballer, and um, went on to manage, as you said, Centralston and then Bechtiv. So he's got plenty of experience on the field, off the field, and uh, he could be somebody that could turn it around in there in St. Dalton's. Uh, just on the club lottos, Dave, um, yeah. we, we're continuing to do uh, as many of the club lottos that are active around the county at the moment, uh, myself and yourself, and uh, as part of the We Are Meat team. Um, did you get any of the um, jackpots for this week? No, but I suppose generically speaking, uh, I know I know for a fact the Cortown one is €8,700 for next Friday night. Uh, you can play that at Cortown GFC. Uh, <laughs> but no, <laughs> some of the other ones, there's actually, I thought that was high, but there's some other ones. I know that Chocolin and the Boyne is up at thirteen or 14000 You know, yeah. huge jackpots. And uh, we we haven't been pulled out yet, Nicky, we're a week in. We haven't even got a consolation 20 or 50 quid. So uh, look at hope springs eternal for us. I know we're in for at least another three or four weeks. So um, we look forward to them. And I suppose it's just good to be given something back because I know clubs can't obviously fundraise and you know do big fundraisers like they probably normally would. So clubs are very reliant on their club lottos for revenue and to keep the clubs running. So um, it's only something small from our perspective, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And we will continue to um, support the clubs as long as possible, as long as we've got monies in the pocket and we will we will support the clubs. But anybody out there, just go on. If you're looking for any of the lotto links, all of the clubs that have websites have their lotto link on it um, and you will be able to see what the jackpot is week on week. And wouldn't it be lovely if you were to win the Dunboyne, the Dundery, the uh, Dunshockland one, the Courtime one at 8,700. Um, should I mention all the clubs? You know, like there, there is some big jackpot jackpots out there. Um, and for two euro ten, um, you can enter the uh, the these club lottos online. So, um, yeah, get on there and have a look and see if your luck is in between now and Christmas. Uh, Davy, have we anything else uh, before we head off? No, I've I've one uh, plug I want to give uh, the club again. We're, we're running a, a, a big hamper for Christmas, Mickey. It's Christmas draw. That's it from I, us on the We Army. <laughs> <laughs> Give up. You actually did ask me. Don't fault. Um, a thousand euro of a hamper uh, for Christmas. Literally anything that you can picture, like turkey, ham, drink, sweets, chocolate, turf, sticks. It's all in there. It's up to a thousand quid. You can buy a ticket off me or you can get one on um, on any of the cartoon links i think it's a 10 euro for a ticket or you can get three for 20 i'll be hitting you in a couple of weeks for one mickey as well that's no problem at all i will uh, as soon as i get pulled out of one of the uh, club lottos for having three numbers um and i win 25 quid i'll buy 25 quids worth of tickets off you davy um uh yeah look again check out all these different clubs they'll all be running christmas uh, raffles as well and you know, with the year that we've had, stay local, you know, buy somebody, buy your friend, your loved one, whatever it is, uh, uh, do the lotto for them in a club for a year or something like that. Spend 100 quid on lottery tickets for them in a club lotto or something like that. When you go in to the websites, you can actually put in you, whether you're doing it for yourself or if you're doing it for someone else, and then you can get a receipt and put it in to a Christmas card. So again, Stay local and uh, try and support the clubs 
as best you can. No gate receipts this year from for any of the clubs, really. And uh, they could really do with as much um, funding as they can get from all of us uh, out there, the, the regular footballers and supporters and, uh, you know, club members um, need to do their bit as well. I think that's it then, Davey. Shin eh, Mick? Shin eh, that's it from us for this week. Remember, we are me, why it matters more.